Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Pursuit, the story behind the story. Today, I have my last but not least guest here with me, Nathania Mayers. I'm so happy that you're here. Um, uh, Some of the people listening may not have been at our Pursuit event, so can you share a little bit of your story that you shared at the event? Well, um, one of the big things I kind of really focus on is that a lot of times we, if you're growing up in a church environment, you get kind of comfortable and complacent thinking like, okay, I'm good because I'm in the church, you know, I'm saved or I went to a Christian school, which I did. Um, and the reality is that being around those people don't make you Christian. Mm. It's, it's more than that. And that, um, Sometimes we get caught in that whole religious experience of this, like, okay, the routine of, oh, we go to Christian school, then we go to church, and we go through all these experiences, and we miss God mm-hmm. <laughs> in the whole process. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took me um, going to do my master's to get that big reality check, even though where I did my master's, my bachelor's were Christian schools. Um, uh-huh. it, the connection didn't really happen until a very vulnerable point of mm-hmm. um, being an international student from the Cayman Islands and not having WhatsApp back then to really call family and friends. That was probably a God-ordained situation right, right. there. And um, being vulnerable and not knowing what to do and getting a forward that I was like, hmm, I don't like forwards, I don't want to open this. And God said, open it. And I opened it and to read out, awesome story about somebody trying to teach an elderly person how to pray and using a chair as an example and being in that vulnerable spot of hmm okay I can I can talk to God God is free okay cost no international calling issues right, right there For a and college student thank you and on a ramen noodle budget mm-hmm. and I was like okay we're gonna do this and to know that um as much scripture and knowledge of God I've had, um, that cheer experience was the vehicle that Ford was the kind of the can opener to mm. getting me into the situation that allowed me to start building a relationship. It was um, not the way I thought I was going to connect with God. And I think that's when I look back is the probably the most amazing part about it because um God is creative God. He has different ways to approach us. And for some reason, we think he has a certain specific way. Yes. And he blows your mind. You're like, wow. And in that moment and that experience, um, I went from being in a, what I feel like just in a religious situation to, hey, daddy. Hey, God. You know, like, you're my bestie now. Um, intimate, connected. Um, and then having that relationship expanded in such a way that I started to really kind of like let go, mm. let God before Elsa, by the way, um, <laughs> let go and let God. Um, and to see how God in his faithfulness pursued me when I didn't deserve it in that whole process. Mm-hmm. Um, not seeing how the little ways through he was keeping me, bringing me closer uh, when I thought he was far, he was closer than I could even understand. And and then now looking back and thinking, thank you mm. <laughs> for that consistent pursuit of me. That is so good. 
I love how you talked about um, at the event about growing up and, and a Christian family, went to church all the time, Christian school, everything that you said. You had a foundation of knowing God, yet not really knowing him intimately. You knew, knew a lot about him, but did not know him. And I am sure that there are people listening right now who are probably like you, um, that they can relate because they have also grown up in church or they have been exposed to um, faith through like a grandparent or something else. Um, And yet they're missing out on that personal relationship with them. So what are some of the reasons... um, you can look back and think you had one without the other. Meaning, how is it that you had religion without relationship? That's kind of a hard question, but. Well, for me, I just know growing up, um, I became a Christian multiple times, I felt. <laughs> because right. I was just scared to go to hell. That, if that was my honest answer, mm-hmm. like I didn't want to go to hell. And if I memorized the scripture verses, I'm going to get me closer to Jesus. Um, there are and, people listening going, that's me. And, that's I, me. and I thought that, you know, like if I do those right things or, you know, if I attend youth ministry and I serve in the church, sing in the choir, if I do mm-hmm. all these things, somewhere something's going to shift and I'm going to be okay. You know, I just trusted as long as I was doing all these things or right. hanging with the right people or I mm-hmm. thought with the right people, that something was going to change in a way that, I don't know. I was looking for that connection. I knew there's something more. I just didn't know how to get there. Right. And I thought because of different teachings of, like, you know, like you need to dress this way, you need to look this way to be a Christian, and you need to do these kind of things. And uh, I think a lot of that is just the legal uh, religious aspect that's mm-hmm. kind of like overwhelmed me to the point that, sure. I mean, it, it caused a lot of my family and friends to fall away as well. Mm. But at the same time, like in my heart, I knew like there's more, but not mm. knowing how to get to them more, not knowing. Um, I feel like now that I look back is like something so simple was not preached, which is God just want to spend time with you. Mm. Like it was more like, do not do this, do not right. do this. All the do's and don'ts Correct. instead of. God wants a relationship yes. with you. Like I, even just today, I was thinking to myself, like, simple message would be Garden of Eden. Look at what started in the beginning. God was fellowshipping with his creation. Mm. Done. Right. <laughs> he That's loved what he them. Wanted. He loved them so much. He just wanted to walk with them. Mm-hmm. He wanted fellowship. So good. And that concept, like, wow. Like, why, why did that take that long to understand something so simple? Right. And that's what he is. He's a relationship God. He wants to have connection. He wants to, as I told one of my youth, I said, you know how you get really excited when you get this cool news from your friends and you want to go share with your bestie and you grab your phone? Like God wants to be the bestie. Right. He wants you to tell him everything. He wants to tell you everything and he wants to connect with you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what the chair was for me because in my routine uh, that I started, I intentionally was talking to a, a chair but I was believing there was a body listening and who wanted to know how I was feeling no matter what I think that's another part of it because I think there's certain things like you're not supposed to talk to God this way you're not supposed to be this way there's so much things of no's that it kind of pushed me away from the this is not a relational right. God and mm-hmm. I think the difference was 
God saying, no, I am. Right. <laughs> that's, that's all I'm trying to do. Yeah. I'm just trying to connect with you. Yes, I am sovereign. I am, you know, you, you must revere me, but that doesn't mean that I don't want to connect with you. Right. So powerful. That is so powerful. Now, I do love the, the story about the chair. And you've mentioned it a couple of times when we've been talking, but I want you to tell the story about the chair again, just in case somebody doesn't know the story of the chair, because this is really, like you said, that turning point for you Correct. that turned you from just religion to a walking personal relationship with Jesus. So going back again, so I went to do my master's and on a budget and just being very vulnerable, going through the process of trying to complete my education and um, got that email forward. Did not like to read forwards because they always like, oh, forwarded five people. And you're right. And you're like, I don't have time um, for this. Thank you. Right. And I remember thinking, OK, I'm going to open this particular forward. And the forward basically was just a story sharing about how a person was trying to explain to an elderly man how to pray. And the person, the elderly man was like, I don't know, you know, like you're talking to nobody. And he said, okay, they pull the chair out and say, why don't you pretend that God is sitting there and just talk to him, tell him about your day, tell him about different things. And I remember just like sitting in my apartment in my chair looking really good at the time, <laughs> knowing that my budget was like zero and thinking, okay, we're going to do this. And it started was one day and then two days and then it became such a pattern that um like I remember thinking at a weird times like on a Christmas break going home my friends invited me to go clubbing and standing in the club thinking mm -hmm, like I can't wait to go home and talk to God not a whole second that's weird but that's how I knew something was shifting mm -hmm. and literally when I left the club three o'clock at night I got home and I talked to God not like he didn't know what I was doing right but, but the you fact connected. that yes, like to me, there was there was a value. It was no longer uh, hmm, this being superpowered that you know you got. He's do far away. Yeah, right. It was more like, hey, when I got home, I would talk to my bestie, mm -hmm. and that's when I knew, completely shifted, and it became more like a longing, mm. and versus like a oh, you need to do this to be a Christian is more like. Hey, I get to do this because I, I am a Christian. Right. Like I can I, talk I to I want him. to. Correct. Yes. And I think that was like the game changer for me. That was like, hey, Daddy God, you're like free <laughs> to call you anytime and willing to hear me vent and love me just as I am. Uh, so what is some practical um prayer advice maybe you can give um to those listening? that may have grown up in a situation either like you that was very, you know, super swung the balance one way towards like really legalistic and made you feel that God was very distant and he was very far off and that there was more dues that you needed to do and achieve before you could talk to him. Or there's some listening that are like, you know what, I don't really even know that much about him, but I know that I want to talk to him, but I don't, I don't know how to start. So other than the chair, do you have any just practical prayer advice that you could give on how to pray? How, how do we pray? How, how do we go, especially if we're listening, from religion to relationship with the Lord? I think the Bible already clears, like, you know, don't be like the Pharisees, right? Don't mm -hmm. just 
pray just to sound good. And I, and even as a child, I remember hearing people pray specifically and thinking like, oh, I need to pray that way because that's the only way God's going to hear me and understand mm-hmm. As me. if I say these certain words. Correct. Right. And I repeat it all the time and then realized it was more of a, a chanting of something, not mm-hmm. really a connecting. Mm-hmm. And for me, I feel like... Um, when you're talking to your daddy, you don't come with a structure other than if you're trying to get something out of him. You come, hey, dad, how are you doing? You know, relational. Go to God and stand up like he just wants you to talk. There's no specific words he wants you to say. He wants you to be real because he's a real God. And I think that's mm-hmm. the fact that people feel like, OK, he's not tangible, but understand that go just willing just to talk mm-hmm. and whatever comes out. Is what God wants to hear. Right. Don't be shocked. Don't be like, oh my gosh, I said that. Don't do that. Understand that God says, well, that's you opening up to me. Right. That's where I want you to be. Right. Understand, yes, not saying that the structure that you probably were raised hearing, some of those things are not appropriate. I think, I'm not trying to take away or devalue those. I think some of those things are important. Oh, absolutely. Like praying through the Lord's prayer or praying acts, right? Adoration, confession, things. I think they all All have a place. Right. But, but think, that's not the only way to pray. Correct. And I think that's the part that that people get lost. Like, we have to pray this specific prayer. Mm-hmm. I pray in the format. I use the Lord's Prayer as a, a good format to follow. And it keeps me cognitive of it. But I also be real with him. Like, right. Daddy, you know, dear God, today I'm really broken. I'm really broken because I just learned about somebody who just got diagnosed with cancer. Mm-hmm. And it... I'm scared, Daddy, because I don't right. want to be that person. And I feel selfish praying that don't make me be sick, but look at this person. Right. God wants to, you to be that real. Right. Because that's how he feels. You, we're not hiding. He knows our thoughts. Right. But it's like a parent knowing what your child's going to do, but you still want them to be open with you, right? Right. It's that longing to right. connect, to have that connection. And so it's just that freedom to just, just speak. Um, I think from certain personality traits, it might be a little bit easier to do right. that because right. you're like, I'm a talker. I'm going to talk. Right. It's easier for some. I agree. But I think at the same time, if you just understand that if you're at a point where like, I don't know what to say. And I think that's the next part of prayer that people forget. Sometimes we feel like we have to talk God to death. <laughs> right. And talk. But there's this point where sometimes we don't say anything. We're just in his mm-hmm. presence and we're just sitting there quiet mm. and we're talking in our hearts. And he just, yes, like, I meet you there. Darling. Yes. I love how the Bible describes Jesus as our intercessor. Correct. And so there are times where we are praying and we are so distraught or so just overwhelmed that we can't even find the words. And so you're right. We are coming to him in an attitude of prayer. Correct. And God, I am spent. (laughs) Yes. And I don't even know what to say, but I'm thankful that Jesus is stepping in. And speaking and praying on my behalf because he knows me, I think is so powerful. It's being okay to be in those still moments, but it's putting yourself in the posture of prayer. Correct. It's coming, Lord, I am so overwhelmed, you know, with this, or I'm so lost, or or whatever it is. I'm sad. I'm mad. You know, a lot of times we feel like I could never tell, you know, God, I was angry Mm -hmm. at the way something's going, you know, or for people who have prayed about something over and over and over. It's those prayers that we've prayed so many times that you're just like, I don't even know any other way to say this. And so we just come in that quietness of an attitude of prayer in front of a God who loves us so much and just longs to be like, just bring it to me. Yes. And let me pour into you. 
Yes. And one of the things in my season, recent season, that God has really kind of, kind of put in my heart and kind of like a, a image to connect to prayer. He's like, sometimes we feel like, okay, I'm praying, but what is happening? Mm. And I remember this happens visions like prayer. Our prayers aren't the powerful thing is when we pray in his hands, it becomes fireworks. Yes. And it, if you think what fireworks happen, it doesn't just stay in one spot. It kind of goes over. So when you're praying, like, dear God, I'm praying for this person. Just imagine that fireworks. Like, God is, like, taking your prayer. Wow. It's like, boom, this mm. is happening. And I've had that image in my mind. But then even recently, God was showing, like, that's what the body of Christ is. We, when you pray to me, when you talk to me, I'm connecting to your brother or sister who needs to hear that, who just needs that encouragement. And then all of a sudden, you're like, hey, I was praying for you. Right, right. So just understand that the power of prayer is the stepping stone of building that communication. Right. But understanding that real connection is with you and him. Right. And then in his hand, it just becomes amazing. Yes. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. But there's more to your story. And you didn't get to share a lot of this aspect at the pursuit. Um, but what um, many don't know is that once you... Did get you were single for a while and you were okay with being single, but yet God brought your amazing husband into your life mm -hmm. and you have beautiful children now. Um, but the Lord moved you guys back to the States right before COVID. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right. So tell us a little bit about what happened and how that affected your relationship with the Lord. Um well, before we even moved here, we knew that that God had big plans because we saw the the enemy's effort to keep us away from moving here. Mm. Um, not knowing what was happening, we said, you know, if there's so much resistance, but you know, towards the end of shifting, moving over here, things started to get a little easier. I was like, hey, everything's gonna be good. We got here. I didn't have a job at the time. Um, my husband had had a job that was allowing him to work remotely at the time before COVID. That was pretty cool. Yeah. And I'm thinking, okay. And coming from 10 years of working in administration and marketing at a school, my alma mater, Triple C School, shout out Triple C. Um, I was just looking to see, God, what do you want me to do? I just want to make sure, what do you want me to do? And I was just trusting again, like, okay, you know, I trusted you, just whatever you want, just you guide me. And um, <clears throat> not realizing that trusting was going to be almost 18 months of trusting <laughs> to mm -hmm. see what was going to happen because I didn't get work for that while. And mm -hmm. in that process of uh, waiting, um, COVID happened. Mm -hmm. And uh, when COVID happened, my husband lost his job and we we're going through an immigration process and, um, it was really a hard season because even at that time, his mom had got uh, had two major strokes, and because of COVID, we could not travel to Trinidad, so he wasn't even be able to be there for his mom's funeral. Mm -hmm. um, it was just like one thing after another, and um, it was hard in the sense that we came here um, trying to be obedient to what God was making clear that we needed to do to move, and just to trust Him. Um, and we came with what we felt was plenty and then got stripped down to nothing to the mm -hmm. point that, um, we, for almost, for almost, almost over a year, five of us was in one room, sharing a room, um, in a house going from a four bedroom house to now all five of us in one room, um, not knowing, um, 
how do we're going to get food? My daughter was not fully potty trained yet and wondering how it sometimes diapers like, hey, we're going to potty train you one day. <laughs> that did not work, by the way. And just, OK, God, what's next? How are we going to get through this? You know, um, the immigration stuff got dragged because of COVID and mm. because of just people not being not working. And it was just one thing after another. And the beautiful thing, I remember one day watching my gas tank and driving with my husband and just kind of doing a, an assessment of my blessings. And I was thinking to him, I said, you know, we feel homeless, like almost like homeless in this land. I said, but you know, the funny thing is that the two places that I feel rooted in this chaos was Bell's Rose Ministry and mm-hmm. the Providence Christian School that my daughter was attending. And I said, look at it, as much as we were homeless, we feel rooted in this foreign land in these two ministries. Mm-hmm. And I said, when you looked, it's like God was saying, I got you. Yeah. And um, when we were even just sitting back and looking at how God provided, there would be times where even though I was miles away, oceans away from my family and friends, especially friends, I've had people who said, hey, Nathaniel, I was thinking about you. Can we like Amazon you some groceries? And I'm like, okay, God, <laughs> like mine blown. blown. Yeah. Okay, how, how, or or going into the Hope House and that line and thinking we would never thought we would have to be in like a pantry line waiting for food and diapers and come to Bell Shoals and having that prayer line. That, I mean, there have been days that we were just like at that bottom and when we got to that person and they just asked us, how can we pray for you? And spending that time and we like drove away and we're like, okay, we needed that. Mm-hmm. Even though sometimes months go by and we're still in that prayer line, it was like we needed that, that encouragement. Like, I didn't let go of you. I, my hand is still there. You know, that same God that you fell in love with is still there. You know, I haven't forgotten you. And just seeing his faithfulness, you know, and I know when I look back now that in that in that season, my family created this moment for our children to learn. Yes. Of something that, you know, even in that rock bottom point, he is there. Yeah. He's on the top as well as he's in the valleys. And it's amazing how he's allowed us to build relationship through these things. We build more relationship with our church family now. Mm. And now, thankfully, we're both rooted in jobs that honestly, it's been so much like, yes, this is what I was saying for you. Because my specific question before moving here was, what do you want me to do? I worked 10 years working in marketing and having all these skills working in school in, in the Cayman Islands and wondering, what do you want me to do with this knowledge? Do you want me to go to corporate? What do you want me to do? And now where I'm working, I say, I see. Mm-hmm. Because I was faithful and just waiting. Because right. that was the thing. I wanted not to, because of that relationship, I didn't want to disappoint him. I didn't want to choose a job. So even though family and friends are like, hey, why do you try this? Why do you apply for this? To me, like I was taking their information, but in my back of my mind, it's like, I don't want to disappoint daddy. God, is that if this is not for him, for me to do, I don't want to do it. Right. I just want to go where he wants me to go. And in that being obedient, even though it was 18 months. Right. I'm where I am exactly where he wants me to be. And there's a sweetness in that obedience that my husband and I look back and it's like, Wow. God pursued us in that process. Yeah. He kept us. I, I first learned of you. Your mom was a leader for me in one of our women's Bible study classes and um, learned of your story. And then we had your story on uh, the big screens here at Church One Time. And I remember thinking, 
how incredible, and I probably never told you this, how incredibly I was encouraged to, to faithfully walk with Jesus because you did it with such grace. And it was evident, beyond evident, that it was him through you because yeah. you were totally prepared as a family financially, with ability, knowledge, schooling, everything to come here and have everything go perfect as it should have. You had a peace from God they brought you here. And then 18 months of walking through a valley you'd never, ever walk through. Many people listening have never walked through the valley of having plenty to going through a line at a food pantry. Yeah. But in it, your gracefulness to constantly look at your counting your blessings like you just talked about. You were driving somewhere and you're like, but look at our blessings. That is what I think we all need to take away from this is that wherever God has placed you, whatever the plan is, he sees and he knows and he hears and he's working yes. in it. And he's just saying, commune with me, have a relationship with me and I will take you. I will walk with you. I will get you through this and that my plan for you is good because now you guys are not living in one bedroom no. any longer. But what a testimony your family has had. Your children have been able to watch how you and your sweet husband have navigated this. But your church family has too. And you've been an incredible encouragement to, to my walk with Jesus. So thank you for joining me here today. I love you. I love you too.